Welcome to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William, featuring award-winning financial advisor and former host of the Sunday Money Show, News Talk 1010, Paul Baraka and his associate advisor, William Baraka. Creating and keeping wealth does not need to be complicated. Paul and William will cut through confusing and contradictory financial advice to give you the real facts to help you invest better and enjoy a worry-free retirement. The views and opinions expressed in this video may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Securities Corporation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Welcome, everyone. This is the 27th edition of Retirement Straight Talk with me, Paul, and William, my partner. And today we're going to talk about a a subject that I think everyone's going to love. We're going to compare investing in real estate, investing in the stock market. By the way, when we're talking about investing in real estate, we're not talking about your principal residence. It's really a different, a different animal. We're just going to talk about pure investments today. But and- here, Paul, I think today, hopefully we can provide a balanced view of this because we, we yeah. speak to a lot of people, obviously. Um, and some people really love real estate. Some people don't like yeah. it so much. Um, and we're not here. We don't have an agenda. Again, we just want to provide a, val- a balanced view and maybe provide some a different viewpoint to some commonly held beliefs out there about real estate and provide a different side that maybe some people don't always realize. Well, that's it. Well, because really one isn't better than the other. They're, they're different. And some people might prefer one. Some people are going to prefer the other. But the secret, as you mentioned, you want to do a proper comparison. And what we find We've talked before about biases investing, right? And one of the biggest biases that I see in, in when comparing these is confirmation bias. Like we've all yeah. seen clients, they love real estate and that's great. And it, the, when we talk about it, they're not talking about the same thing. And you know what confirmation bias is? We believe what we want to believe and we find facts and information that confirm what we want to believe. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I think the first thing I want to get into today, Paul, is probably the the most common thing I hear when people talk to me about real estate is, I love the passive income. They say the passive, the rental yeah. income. Yes, yes. And not not to say that again, we're we're trying to provide a balanced viewpoint. It's not to say that rental income is necessarily bad. But owning a rental property to me is like the exact opposite of passive income because you have to go out and search. You have to find the right property to buy. Um, You have to continuously manage. You have to find tenants and then manage them. We've heard a lot of horror stories about people who have um, maybe not the most, uh, not the best tenants. And also all the upkeep you have to do with a house. So, you know, if you own a house, the washing machine breaks, there's something wrong with the roof. There's a whole host of things that need to go wrong or that can go wrong with a property that if you're the owner, it's your responsibility to fix. So Exactly. It's not really passive income, is it? There's work involved. There's work and there's a whole host of things like you just mentioned. That's right. I mean, I think a lot of people frame it as they buy a property, they just receive the rental income and... And that's it. But like as I just went over, there's a whole host of things versus if you buy a traditional stock or bond investment, that's a lot more passive than me just because 
you can just buy it with a button and then really just sit there and it grows for you over time. And sell it with a button. Well, really, I think there's a lot of, by the way, we've, well, I was going to go into some horror stories. We've heard from our clients, but let, let's leave that for now. Yeah. There's a three, I think, three important items that people don't look at when they compare the two. First thing is they compare real estate, which has a high use of leverage versus you're investing talking in about, the market. You're talking about like uh, performance of the real estate, how much performance. Money yeah. Oh, I made, uh, you know, $200,000 on this house, whatever. Well, yeah, you leveraged it up 80 percent if you leveraged up the stock market in the same in the same manner you might may have just much or more maybe depending on what's going on so this is the key thing that i find people do not understand and do not do a proper comparison of course people say well real estate never goes down well, in the long run, that's true, I guess. <laughs> Last year, that wasn't the case. Um, yeah, I mean, again, Paul, back to not taking, in, or sorry, um, not taking the leverage into account. Another thing that people don't take into account when comparing the performance of their investments to their real estate is all the expenses that go into real estate. As I went over, any upkeep yeah. costs they have to pay over the years. Um, they'll often just say, oh, I bought it for this back, you know, 10 years ago and sold it for this today. Well, did, what, did you take into account all the property taxes you paid every year? Did you take into account all the rental, uh, the interest income you paid on the rental income? You need to take everything into account. Yeah, and people tend to say, say things like, well, oh I, oh, I had to put a new roof on, but that doesn't count because that's just one time. You know, oh, I had to put a furnace in, but oh. It's not often taken into the big picture. Again, you know, the last 10, 20 years, you make good money on real estate, certainly in the city of Toronto. But again, you're comparing different things and often not taking the same uh, viewpoint. Now, another big thing, as you hit, uh, hit it before, is liquidity. Now, imagine this. Imagine you're coming to an advisor as an investor, and I say, well, I have, you know, a stock or a mutual fund or an ETF or whatever. That I don't want you to buy, but oh, by the way, if we want to sell it, you can't sell it right away. We don't really know how long it'll take to sell it. Might take a couple months, maybe six months, maybe longer. Not quite sure. I'm guessing a lot of investors wouldn't buy that. They go, I don't want that. If people buy into real estate with the same type of liquidity because they're used to it, because that's what it's meant to be. Again, yeah. the phrase the phrase real estate never goes down is true in the long run. Same is true in the stock market. It's never gone down. It hasn't come back up again. Again, one isn't better. They're just very, very different. Yeah. The e-liquidity, too, of that, Paul, it, it can be very dangerous, especially if you're very over-concentrated in real estate. Um, yeah. which I think a lot of people that happened to them over the last 10 years or so because Real estate had a great decade, and this perception came to arise that, like you said before, real estate never goes down. It always goes up. So why not just keep buying more and more real estate? So real estate can be good in the right situation, but avoid becoming over-concentrated in what's likely a leveraged asset like we went over before and an e-liquid asset. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the real estate market. It was down double digits last year. I was around in the early 90s when real estate dropped 7 years in a row and people today don't realize that can happen i don't know if it will or not 
And I remember people coming to me back then and saying, geez, Paul, I've got this property and I'm renting it out. It's worth, the mortgage is more than what it's worth. I have, it's going to cost me $40,000 to get out of this. Again, that's a bit of an extreme, but it's happened. And I've experienced it with clients in the past. Right. But it just, even if we just look at the rate of return, I, I did some interesting numbers here. You know, again, Toronto real estate has done fantastic over the last, well, the last 20 years. But in the last 10 years, I looked up, Treb, the Toronto Real Estate Board yesterday. And according to Treb, the average price for a home in Toronto, Toronto, by the way, in 2013, the beginning of 2013 was $522,951. Wow, seems like a great deal, doesn't it? The average price in 19 or 2022, 10 years later, was $1,189,732. Hey, nice 128% return. Not too bad. You had leverage in there, you're talking more. But the only way you could properly look at investment will is right if you compare it with something. And I looked at the S&P 500, and if you had invested $100 at the beginning of 2013, last year, 2022, it was worth $339.79. That's a 239% return. You know, that's almost double of what houses did in Toronto. People don't realize that. I think a lot of people would be very surprised to hear that. Like like we we touched on, there's that perception out there that real estate has just done remarkably, which it has. It's it done has. Well, but so of your more traditional investments as well. So good. I think a lot of people would be surprised by that. Well, yeah. The other thing too, of course, uh, you know, when you're buying the stock market, you see your prices every day, every minute. You know, they yeah. go up, they go down. You don't see that in real estate. You really don't know what the price is. So you don't think about it. The other thing too, we talked about liquidity. You can buy real estate through the market, buy things like REITs, uh, real estate companies, you can buy them so they're liquid. And to me, liquidity is really important. Things start to go, you know, hell in a handbasket. When you own a security, I can push a button and it's sold a split second later. Again, you, you can get caught in real estate when things are going down, when things aren't going the way you want them to. So, Anything else you want to cover today, Paul? Well, no, I just thought we'd, uh, you know, sum things up again. Comparing real estate and stocks, one isn't better than the other, but you just yeah, want to compare apples again, to apples. Yeah, sorry, Paul. I, I hope again today we just presented a, a balanced view of things um, and just a different viewpoint than a lot of the things we hear about out there. Real estate can be great, like we've said today, in the right circumstances for the right person, but there are some dangers there that I think don't people don't always fully realize. And when comparing them, I find, again, compare leverage versus leverage. Again, you buy real estate. If you're a handyman, you love tinkering things and fixing things, might be a great investment for it. I don't want to do that myself. So, so why don't we, I think we've kind of covered it today. Will, that's great. Thank you all for joining us. Our next podcast is going to be kind of a fun one. We're going to talk 10 ways to ruin your financial future. Part one, I want to do this over two segments. And of course, if you like what you heard today, hey, rate us. Only rate us if you like it. And subscribe so you're not going to miss any episodes and pass it on. Hey, if we're doing a good job, you like what we're doing, pass it on to someone who might be interested. 
And of course, if you feel you're maybe not on track yourself financially, you want, you'd like to start a conversation with us, just go to info at westendwealth.com, info at westendwealth.com and say, hey, I'd like to Send chat with you guys. Send us an email to info at westendwealth.com. Yes. Thank you, William. What would I do without you? I don't know. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Listen, we'll see you all next week. Hope everyone has a great week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye now. This podcast was brought to you by West End Wealth Planning, an award-winning wealth planning practice catering to small and medium-sized business owners and to those looking to create a worry-free retirement for themselves and their families. To learn more, go to westendwealth.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.